As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, I warmly welcome you to this service, which is brought to you while our doors are closed due to the coronavirus outbreak. It has been collated from our archive of live choral music, together with readings, prayers and a sermon recorded for this service. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me.
The Lord be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Please be seated. It's a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the fifth Sunday of Easter. Wherever you are in the world right now, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you're very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of thy name. Amen.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the Gloria.
Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, have overcome death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that as by your grace going before us, you put into our minds good desires, so by your continual help, we may bring them to good effect. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, beginning at the 55th verse. But filled with the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip? And you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I wonder if there are any phrases or expressions in common use that cause you irritation or indeed downright annoyance. One particular phrase that I cannot bear, particularly given the circumstances in which it tends to be used, is the utterance, cheer up, it may never happen. Some years ago, I took a particularly difficult funeral following a tragic and traumatic death. I had done my very best to support the distraught and bewildered family, and the service itself had gone very well. But inevitably, the emotional cost of the day caught up with me once it was over, and I was feeling exhausted and wrung out. And so, when a man who was a complete stranger, I think he was delivering something, cheerily greeted me with the words, cheer up, 
it may never happen. I could gladly have flattened him against the nearest wall and bellowed into his ear, actually it already has. I find that there is something particularly objectionable about that facile expression, not least its emotional illiteracy. If a person is looking downhearted or distraught or simply lost in thought, then anyone with an ounce of sense ought to recognize that there is likely to be a reason for that. And so to intrude into their emotional space and presume to comment upon their demeanor without any knowledge of what is going on for them, or indeed any interest in finding out, note the reference to it in the phrase, it may never happen, does nothing but trivialize and demean the experience of the person who is being addressed. It is the kind of bogus bonhomie that is parodied brilliantly and with excruciating accuracy by the Monty Python team in the song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Okay, my apologies for the rant. But it does seem to me that words of comfort that are false and insincere or based on no knowledge or understanding of the situation are not only unhelpful, in some circumstances they can be actively damaging. There is a world of difference between all that and authentic words of encouragement and hope that are meaningful precisely because they are rooted both in reality and in relationship. This morning's reading from chapter 14 of St John's Gospel contains a really interesting example of this, which for me highlights the difference between the two. Just a reminder of the setting for this passage. It is at the Last Supper, that Jesus has been sharing with his disciples before his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. He has just washed his disciples' feet, a moment of unprecedented closeness and intimacy with them. He has also set in motion the sequence of events that will lead to his own suffering and death by dispatching Judas out into the darkness to do what he has to do. And it is there, in that time of closeness, with both the literal and the symbolic darkness deepening around him, that Jesus utters the words with which our gospel reading begins. Do not let your hearts be troubled. This truly is a remarkable moment because we need to remember that the one whose heart has most reason to be troubled at this precise moment is Jesus himself. It is his solitary and isolated journey to the cross that lies ahead, his suffering, his pain. And yet he is the one offering them comfort. Twelve years ago, I sat with one of my oldest friends as she died from cancer. She and I were born within days of each other, 
We walked to school together. We had children of the same age. And I was profoundly struck by the way in which she handled the final months of her life. Because I observed that, paradoxically, she was the one doing most of the comforting. She said to me once that the thing that kept her going was the thought that it would have been so much harder for her to see her husband or one of her children going through what she was facing than it was to go through it herself. And somehow the fact that she was able to be the comforter in that situation gave real depth to the love and the encouragement and indeed the hope that she was able to share with them and indeed with all of us. In our Gospel reading, Jesus not only offers comfort to the disciples, he goes on to entrust them to one another, saying, Love one another as I have loved you. And he then reassures them that the other side of whatever turmoil lies ahead of them, he will be there waiting for them. Their hearts need not be troubled because Whatever trials they may face, he will have walked that journey ahead of them already. And the other side of it all, he will be there waiting to welcome them home. True love and friendship can survive any amount of disruption or separation. You do not love a family member any the less because that person moves to the other side of the world. Love survives even when we are not able to share it in person, just as the sun continues to shine throughout the cloudiest of days, and indeed throughout what we experience as the darkest night. It is still there continuously, bringing light and warmth. It is just that there are times when we ourselves are unable to see it. In my sermon at Evensong last Sunday, I was reflecting on an image drawn from a book by the writer on spirituality, Margaret Silf, which involved the experience of travelling through a canal tunnel on a narrow boat. In that book, which is entitled Landmarks, an Ignatian journey. She uses another canal-related image, which is also very striking. But this time it is not a tunnel, but a canal lock that is her focus. In her book, Margaret Silf describes how, at a time of considerable difficulty and challenge in her own life, she watched a narrow boat pass through a lock and was amazed to observe how the gently flowing water of the canal could suddenly take on the power to lift several tons of iron and steel. But she then reflected further, because when a narrow boat is in a lock chamber with the lock gates firmly closed, the experience can feel prison-like. There are brick walls on either side of you. You cannot see what lies ahead or behind you. Let me read you what she goes on to say next, and I quote. 
The lock chamber makes no sense at all unless you know about the canal. Without the canal, the boat is truly just a prisoner in a pointless place. But when the reality of the canal is felt and embraced, then the transformation happens. Then the lock chamber is seen to be the place and the only place where God's grace might be inflowing to raise me to the place where I must be if my homeward journey with God is to go on into what is still unexplored. She continues, to raise me or to lower me. Sometimes, as I look back, I can see that grace has flowed into my empty lock and lifted me up on its tide into God's presence with no effort of my own. But sometimes it seemed to do just the opposite. Grace seemed to be draining away and I felt myself sinking lower and lower between the dark, damp stones to be left alone in the very darkest depths of myself until God opened the lock gates and set me free to journey on. Downstream or upstream, either way transforms the dark imprisonment of the lock chamber of our life into the very place which is making possible the onward movement on a journey that is infinitely larger and greater than our caged hearts can understand. Geoffrey Paul, a former Bishop of Hull who died in 1983, wrote this of Jesus Christ. He stands behind us as God's deed, making sense of our history and providing a sure and tested salvation. He stands ahead of us, the fulfillment of all our wanting. He stands with us as inexhaustible love and grace that turns our anxieties into hope again, that gives energy for goodness and new energy again when we fall on our faces and break our hearts, that promises that human eyes shall in the end see God and be satisfied. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, 
was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In peace, let us pray to Jesus, our Lord, whoever lives to make intercession for us. Lord of the Church, empower by your Spirit all Christian people and the work of your Church in every land. We pray especially for Sarah, our Bishop, and Alison, our Rector. In our cycle of prayer, we pray today for Graham Tomlin, Bishop of Kensington and his staff, and for the Anglican Church of Kenya. We pray also for hospital chaplains and for the work of Christian aid. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Shepherd and guardian of our souls, Guide and enable all who lead and serve the nations of the world. We pray for our Queen and government, and all guiding our nation at this time, and shaping national policies. We pray also for your blessing on those on whom we depend, for our daily needs. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Saviour of the world, be present in all places of suffering, violence and pain. Give skill, sympathy and resilience to all who care for the sick and those in need. For all who work in our health service, in care homes, and hospices, for non-governmental organisations, particularly those who support refugees and those displaced as a result of conflict or poverty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Great Physician, stretch out your hand to bring comfort, wholeness and peace to all who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Be close to those who are ill, afraid or who feel alone. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. In their darkness, be their light. Lord, 
We remember especially those in need in our parish community, in our city and around the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Conqueror of death, remember for good those whom we love but see no longer. We pray for all the recently departed and for those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal, grant to them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Help us to live this day in the sure and certain hope of your eternal victory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Let us pray. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. But chiefly we are bound to praise you because you raised him gloriously from the dead. For he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us and has taken away the sin of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. 
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Eternal God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, is the way, the truth, and the life, grant us to walk in his way, to rejoice in his truth, and to share his risen life, who is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ.